You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, the Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with the Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include President Biden is condemning hate-fueled violence, Ukraine gains back some of the land lost to Russia, and a New York mother is accused of drowning her three children at the beach. Here's your national news recap for the week of September 11th. President Biden is condemning hate-fueled violence. Biden said domestic terrorism rooted in white supremacy is the greatest terrorist threat to our homeland today. He added the nation must stand united against hate-fueled violence. He vowed that white supremacists will not prevail. He added evil will not win in America. Political stunts. That's how White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre describes actions by some Republican governors to bus or fly illegal immigrants to sanctuary cities and states. Jean-Pierre stated, The Republican governors are interfering in that process, using migrants as political pawns. It's shameful, it's reckless, and just plain wrong. She told reporters it is disrespectful to humanity. Jean-Pierre defended the Biden administration's border policies and said the administration is working to fix a broken immigration system. Same-sex marriage rights are non-negotiable. The American people, Democrats and Republicans alike, support same-sex marriage. The American people, Democrats and Republicans alike, support same-sex marriage, so said White House Press Secretary Corrine Jean-Pierre, after Senate leaders put the issue on hold until after November's midterm elections. A Democratic bill would codify or lock in same-sex marriage rights under federal law. Dems would need some Republicans to support the bill to ensure passage. Wait times at a San Diego border will improve in the future and $150 million from the Biden administration will help finish the project. The expansion at Otay Mesa includes a new toll road. It will reduce wait times and improve cross-border trade. California Congressman Juan Vargas says that benefits the bottom line for San Diego and the country. On Thursday, the Biden administration awarded $1.5 billion from the Infrastructure for Rebuilding America grant program. The money is divided between Otay Mesa East Expansion and other projects across the U.S. Reports say Ken Starr is dead. The former Solicitor General rose to fame as the independent counsel in the investigation that led to the impeachment of former President Bill Clinton. Two years ago, Starr was also a member of former President Donald Trump's defense team when his impeachment went before the Senate. Starr was 76 years old. The Biden administration is announcing a tentative deal to avoid what could have been the first nationwide rail worker strike in 30 years. Labor Secretary Marty Walsh confirmed the development in a tweet overnight, saying the agreement balances the needs of workers, businesses, and our nation's economy. 
A Florida Board of Education member and a father of a Parkland school shooting victim had some harsh words to say about a statewide grand jury report. During Thursday morning's Education Board meeting, Ryan Petty blasted the now former Broward School board members criticized in the report. Petty stated, I just find it the height of hubris that these four board members dragged this procedure out for almost 14 months, knowing that ultimately they would have to face some consequences for their actions. Even though the report was completed in April of 2021, they were given time to respond, which led to the report's release being delayed until now. Petty says the extra time endangered all students and staff statewide. The governor has suspended the four school board members. At the urging of the Education Board and the superintendent, three district senior staffers have agreed to resign or retire. Singer R. Kelly is guilty on six counts of sexual exploitation and enticement of a minor. The decision came on the second day of deliberations in Chicago and one year after he was convicted on charges of federal racketeering and sex trafficking. Kelly is currently serving a 30-year prison sentence for the case. Pedestrian accidents are on the rise across California, so San Diego police are now taking a new approach. Instead of focusing on enforcement, they'll focus on education. September is Pedestrian Safety Month. San Diego officer John Perdue says slow down, watch for people walking, and pedestrians look both ways. Based on data projections from the Governor's Highway Safety Association, 7,485 people, or an average of 20 people every day, died after getting hit by a car last year. That's an 11.5% increase from 2020 and a 40-year high. Two underage suspects are under arrest in Los Angeles after a student died on Tuesday from a drug overdose at a Hollywood high school. Los Angeles Police Chief Michael Moore says a 15-year-old and a 16-year-old suspect are in custody. He says they were selling pills that turned out to be laced with fentanyl. Three other children are in the hospital recovering from taking the drug. Police say the 15-year-old suspect is booked on suspicion of manslaughter. The 16-year-old suspect is accused of selling drugs at a nearby park. The chief says the victims crushed the pills and snorted them in the bathroom at Bernstein High School. He says the two suspects are students at Apex, which is an independent charter school that is located inside the Birdstein campus. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. All sources coming from the BBC, President Volodymyr Zelensky has been to the recaptured city of Izium, a key logistics hub in the northeastern Ukraine. During his visit, Mr. Zelensky thanked troops who took part in the counterattack against Russian occupiers. He oversaw a flag-raising ceremony and said the Ukrainian flag would return to every city and village in the country. Ukrainian officials say they are targeting towns in the eastern Donbass region after making a series of gains in a rapid counteroffensive. In recent days, Ukraine's army has regained swaths of occupied territory, forcing Russian troops to retreat. In a late evening address on Tuesday, Mr. Zelensky said his forces were fortifying their hold over 8,000 square kilometers of retaken territory in the Kharkiv region. Last Thursday, President Zelensky said Ukrainian forces had retaken 1,000 square kilometers. By Sunday, Ukraine's figure had tripled to 3,000 square kilometers before rising again to 6,000 square kilometers. The precise scale of Ukraine's gains had not been verified by the BBC. Mr. Zelensky vowed to take back all Ukrainian territory still occupied by Russian forces. He said 
He did not know when this would happen, but that the truth is on our side. Meanwhile, the Russian military is deploying so-called barrier troops in Ukraine to prevent its own units from fleeing, according to Ukrainian military intelligence. Ukrainian defense officials said that according to intercepted conversations, panic and refusals to fight are settling in among Russian troops. In the U.S., President Biden said Ukraine had made significant gains. He said it was clear that the advance had enjoyed success, but cautioned that the offensive could be a long haul. And for our second story of the day, Vladimir Putin has acknowledged China's concern over Ukraine in his first face-to-face -face talks with President Xi Jinping since the Russian invasion. But speaking in Uzbekistan, Mr. Putin also thanked China for its balanced position and said U.S. attempts to create a unipolar world would fail. Mr. Xi said China was willing to work together with Russia as great powers. China hasn't endorsed Russia's invasion, but has grown trade and other ties with Moscow since it launched. The two leaders meeting on the sidelines of the Shanghai Cooperation Organization Summit in Samarkand comes at a crucial point in the Ukraine war as Russian troops lose ground in parts of the country. We highly value the balanced position of our Chinese friends when it comes to the Ukraine crisis, Mr. Putin told Mr. Xi on an, only his second foray abroad since February's invasion. Revealing that China had questions and concerns about the situation in Ukraine, he said he understood. During today's meeting, we will of course explain our position, Mr. Putin said. The invasion has plunged Moscow into its worst crisis with the West since the Cold War and has sent global food and energy prices soaring. In our final story of the day, South Korean police say they have arrested a woman accused of murdering her two children who were found in suitcases in New Zealand last month. In a case that shocked the country, the bodies were discovered by strangers who had bought in the abandoned suitcases from a storage unit in Auckland. The bodies were believed to have been stored there for a few years. Korean police said the victims were aged 7 and 10. New Zealand had applied for the woman's extradition from South Korea. Police in Auckland said they have worked closely with South Korean authorities in their search for the woman after saying last month they believed she was in South Korea. The woman had fled to South Korea in 2018 after the children's death, South Korean police said. She is a 42-year-old New Zealand national of Korean descent. A global Interpol warrant has been issued for her arrest. Officers arrested her on Thursday in a midnight raid on an apartment in the southeastern city of Ulsan. It follows stakeout after investigators received tips about her whereabouts, Seoul's National Police Agency said. Police have requested the suspect be denied bail prior to her extradition to New Zealand, where she faces murder charges. Local media there reported the family had lived in Auckland for a few years, and the children's father had died of cancer prior to their deaths. They reported the children's grandparents still live in New Zealand. The children's bodies were discovered in early August after a separate family bought a trailer load of goods, including the suitcases, in an online auction. That family had no connection to the deaths and had suffered great distress in the period following the discovery, officer said. And this was Connor Brown once again with your international news report. This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. A mother in Brooklyn was arrested and charged with the murder of her three children on Wednesday. 
30-year-old Erin Murdy is accused of drowning her children on a Coney Island beach. She was found wandering the boardwalk barefoot and wet about two miles from where her children were found. The children were identified as 7-year-old Zachary Murdy, 4-year-old Liliana Murdy, and 3-month-old Oliver Bondarev. New York City Mayor Eric Adams toured the city's Asylum Seeker Resource Navigation Center in Midtown Thursday morning. It is located at the American Red Cross offices in Midtown. Mayor Adams released a statement Wednesday saying the city is expecting thousands more asylum seekers to arrive every week and the city's shelter system is near its breaking point. He notes that the city's practices must be reassessed and has repeatedly called for federal help for services for the migrants. A 19-year-old is dead after a shooting near the entrance of a McDonald's in Hampstead Wednesday afternoon. Witnesses say they heard as many as six shots. The teen was hit a number of times, as was a car in the parking lot. Police believe the teen was targeted. The restaurant is close to some schools, but it is not known if the victim was a student. Police say that they have identified the victim, but they are not releasing his name until family is notified. A pizza shop in Philadelphia has been destroyed after a building collapse on Wednesday. Fire crews were called to the area of York and Memphis streets just before 10 o'clock when the three-story row house came tumbling down. The pizza shop was on the ground level, but nobody was hurt. No word on what could have caused this to happen. Everyone is okay after being forced out of an apartment building due to a structural issue. Part of the brick facade at the Lindley Towers apartments came off Wednesday morning. Nearly 60 people were evacuated, but thankfully nobody was hurt. Bricks were spotted on the ground outside of the building. Police are conducting a shooting investigation after multiple young people were shot in Brewery Town. Shots rang out around 2.30 Wednesday afternoon on West Oxford Street. Police arrived to the scene to find three males, ages 16, 17, and 18, suffering from gunshot wounds. At least one of the victims suffered critical injuries. At this time, no arrests have been made. Authorities in Berks County are reviewing multiple angles surrounding a police-involved shooting. This happened late Wednesday afternoon at a Wawa parking lot in Reading. Authorities say that a man and a woman were speeding before they crashed at the Wawa. NBC10 reports officers approached the vehicle, but at least one officer was hit when the driver decided to back up. Shots were fired and both people were hospitalized. The district attorney's office is taking the lead in the investigation. Philadelphia police are investigating an abduction-turned-shooting in Cobbs Creek. Wednesday evening, a man was kidnapped by three suspects in a vehicle before it crashed on Cobbs Creek Parkway. Police learned the victim was also shot multiple times, leaving him critically hurt. Officers have since arrested two of the suspects. Detectives are still accepting any information surrounding this case. A softball coach was found dead from an apparent suicide on Friday, days after his girlfriend was found dead in their Burlington County home. 53-year-old Peter Lestitian was a person of interest in the homicide of Sheila McGuire, according to the Burlington County Prosecutor's Office, but they clarify there was not any evidence linking him to the crime or any charges filed. McGuire was a child advocate, and Lestitian was once named NJ.com's softball coach of the year. A march was held on Thursday in Maplewood, New Jersey, to protest a reported plea deal in the case of 18-year-old Musa Fafana's murder. Fafana was shot and killed at the Underhill Sports Complex, where he often played soccer. A 20-year-old Newark man, Johan Hernandez, was charged with murder, aggravated assault, unlawful possession of a weapon, and possession of a weapon for an unlawful purpose. According to Fafana's mother, the plea deal would give Hernandez 15 years in prison. 
New Jersey Transit is expecting a redesign across Newark and possibly other areas due to passenger suggestions. There has been a continued delay in announcing the plans since fall 2021. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Sam DeTuchis with your Rowan News. This week, a student living at Holly Point Commons on Rowan's Glassboro campus reported to Rowan Police that a racial slur was written on her door. Rowan Police worked with the New Jersey Office of Attorney General Bias Crime Unit to identify two male suspects. Neither of the suspects involved are Rowan students. The individual who wrote the racial slur has been charged and will have his case adjudicated in Glassboro Municipal Court. Both identified individuals have been banned from campus, and the Rowan student who granted access to these visitors will also be be held accountable. Acts of discrimination or harassment can be reported to the Division of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion's reporting website. You can also call their office with any concerns or their 24-hour alert line if you'd like to remain anonymous. For emergencies, please contact Rowan's Department of Public Safety. The Wellness Center also provides free and confidential sports services for students who may need it. The Office of Social Justice, Inclusion, and Conflict Resolution includes BIPOC student support services among its many resources. Students are welcome to visit between 8 a.m. and 9 p.m. to speak with someone and learn more. Also this week, Cooper Medical School of Rowan University, CMSRU, officially welcomed 112 new first-year medical students during their Class of 2026 White Coat Ceremony at Flieger Concert Hall. Rowan University President Ali Hushmond and Rowan University Provost Anthony Lohman welcomed the students and their loved ones into the Rowan family and congratulated them on achieving admission into medical school. This year's White Coat Ceremony guest speaker was Emily Damath, MD, Assistant Professor of Medicine and Emergency Medicine at CMSRU. Dr. Damath is a clinician who splits her time between Cooper's emergency department and multidisciplinary intensive care unit. Following Dr. Jamath's presentation, students were called one by one to the stage where they were cloaked in their white coats by faculty mentors. Each student also received a new stethoscope, compliments of the medical staff of Cooper University Healthcare. Associate Dean for Admissions William Kosher then led the first year's students in reciting a modern version of the Hippocratic Oath for the first time. CMSRU's 112 first-year medical students joined the 343 students already attending the school, bringing enrollment to 455 students students. I'm Sandra Tuchis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Rowan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Rowan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report, with your news from around the professional sports world. Starting with breaking news from a world we don't typically talk about often, the tennis world. In the span of just one week, future Hall of Fame tennis players Serena Williams and Roger Federer have retired from playing tennis competitively. For now. Both players mentioned possibly playing tennis or being involved in the tennis world one way or another down the line. Williams even alluded to a possible Tom Brady-esque retirement, with a return possibly coming sooner rather than later. This news, while devastating, may not come as a surprise to many tennis fans. Federer finds himself at age 41 having battled the injury bug over the past few seasons. Serena Williams, just one year younger than Federer at 40 years old, has stayed fairly durable throughout her career, but as Williams quoted during her retirement press conference, It was time to, quote, evolve in her life to grow a well-awaited family of her own. Switching from the tennis world to the National Football League, with week one in the rearview mirror, let's go over every score from week one while reviewing other news from around the league. Starting with Thursday night football, the Bills pummeled the reigning Super Bowl champs as Matt Stafford and company looked out of sync all night long, unless your name was Cooper Cup. 
Bills win 31-10 as the Rams fall to 0-1. Taking a look at Sunday's results, starting in the 1 o'clock window, the Philadelphia Eagles traveled to Detroit to earn their 1-0 start, defeating the Hard Knock Lions by a final score of 38-35. The Bears played the 49ers in a game that may be better classified as a slip and slide, with constant storms affecting this one. Chicago outlasts San Fran 19-10. It took nearly all of overtime, but the barn burner in Cincinnati was won by the Pittsburgh Steelers on a Chris Boswell game-winning field goal. Steelers win 23-20. The Miami Dolphins defeated Bill Belichick and the Patriots 20-7, while the Browns upset Baker Mayfield's revenge efforts against his former team. Browns beat the Panthers 26-24. Quickly rounding off Sunday's games, the Ravens beat the Jets 24-9, while Carson Wentz gets his revenge against the Jaguars. Commanders win 28-22. Aaron Rodgers failed to throw a touchdown in Week 1 as the Vikings win 23-7, while the Giants defeat the Titans on a missed game-winning field goal by Titans kicker Randy Bullock. G-Men win 21-20. The Los Angeles Chargers defense made Derek Carr look silly, throwing three interceptions in a 24-19 Chargers win. Oh yeah, and guess what? The Chiefs never left. They dismantle Kyler Murray and the Cardinals 44-21. And for the final two games of the week, we take you to prime time. On Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys faced off against the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers, and well, the Cowboys looked lost in this one and lost Dak Prescott to a fractured thumb in the process, expected to miss three to four games. 19-3, Buccaneers on top as Dallas falls to 0-1 on the season. And last but certainly not least, Nathaniel Hackett is the most wanted man in Denver this week as he elects to go for a game-winning field goal that was missed by kicker Brandon McManus, losing Russell Wilson his return to Seattle. 17-16, Seahawks on top. With that being said, this has been Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world. with your Roan Report business update. The average 30-year mortgage rate is just over 6% for the first time since 2008. New data from Freddie Mac shows the new level is double what it was the same time last year. The Federal Reserve has been increasing its key interest rate to help fight inflation over this summer. Chief economist from the mortgage giant predicts the impact of those rates reducing housing demand and lowering home prices. The Dow Jones Industrial Average was down over 1,200 points Tuesday after a worse-than-expected inflation report came out. Mark Mayfield with details. Former Trump White House economist Kevin Hassett says President Biden is to blame for that. It was the worst closing since June of 2020. Ironically, the poor inflation report came out on the same day that President Biden was celebrating the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act at the White House. I'm Mark Mayfield. Millions of dollars are going towards revamping nine upstate New York airports. Nine hubs in total will be sharing in $230 million worth of state grants. Sullivan County International Airport is among the ones receiving more than $18 million to reconfigure inside space, a new pilot lounge, and better views of the outdoor Catskill Mountain environment. The project will also upgrade the airport's HVAC systems and outfit the terminal building with improved insulation and solar panels and electric vehicle charging stations in the parking areas. Labor Department reports weekly jobless claims fell last week with 213,000 first-time requests received. That's down from the previous week's revised total of 218,000 and less than the 225,000 analysts expected. I'm Megan Steckler and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Colon. 
Prince Harry will be revising his upcoming memoir out of respect for Queen Elizabeth. The highly anticipated book was originally set to release this November, but is being held back until at least early 2023 after the Queen's passing. Sources say Harry is deciding which truth bombs he wants to drop in his book, including potentially removing anything negative he wrote about his father, King Charles, or his brother, William. Publishers say Harry is likely to add to the book as well, most likely to describe his feelings about the Queen's death. The man who scammed investors out of millions with 2017's disastrous fire festival is celebrating his release from prison. Billy McFarlane was sentenced in 2018 for a $26 million fraud. The festival was marketed as a luxury event in the Bahamas, but was in reality a ramshackle affair that shocked the people who forked over $12,000 to buy a ticket. McFarlane, who has to pay restitution to the victims, says he's considering going into the tech industry. A judge is denying Taylor Swift's repeated request to dismiss a copyright lawsuit concerning her hit song, Shake It Off. The ruling was handed down by U.S. District Judge Michael Fitzgerald nine months after Swift filed a motion asking him to dismiss the trial. Songwriters Sean Hall and Nathan Butler allege Shake It Off copies key components of their 2001 song, Play Is Gonna Play. The case will go to trial as planned in January 2023. Britney Spears says she'll probably never perform again. On Instagram, Spears took aim at her family and business managers over how she was treated during her conservatorship that ended last year. The pop star said she was left traumatized after her four-year Las Vegas residency ended in 2017 and is the main reason she most likely never graced the stage again. Spears says she won't perform because she's stubborn and wants to make her point. Demi Lovato is saying goodbye to touring. In a series that have now deleted social media posts, they told fans, I can't do this anymore, this next tour will be my last. Demi is currently on the road for a tour with dates scheduled across North America through the start of November. Miley Cyrus is being sued for posting a paparazzi photo of herself on social media. She's now facing a copyright infringement lawsuit for sharing a photo of herself on Instagram without the photographer's permission. The photographer behind the lawsuit had previously sued the likes of Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, and Dua Lipa for using his work without consent. Harry Styles is receiving his first acting award of the 2022-23 season. The late-night talking singer accepted an ensemble award alongside his castmates for My Policeman at the Toronto International Film Festival Tribute Awards over the weekend. He addressed the crowd saying thank you on behalf of the cast for the award. Cardi B is donating to her alma mater in New York. She visited Tuesday to cheers from students and talked about her experience in the public school system and their importance of an education. The money will go towards the arts in the school, which has more than 300 students. I'm Karina Colon, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.